Listen up, startups. So you want to change the world. With thousands of new startups hitting the scene each year, looking to drive innovation and economic growth across the globe, you're certainly not alone. Although, it can feel that way. But what if it didn't have to? I'm Ashley Collins, and I've been where you are three times so far. And I've experienced the ups and downs of building, scaling, and exiting. And I've committed myself to healing the way startup life works from the top down so that you can have the impact you set out to have. Join me as I trace our roots back to the history and leaders responsible for shaping businesses we know it. Unearth the stories of companies and individuals challenging the status quo and venture across time to explore bold visions for a new world of business. New episodes drop on Monday. Listen anywhere you get your podcasts and please rate and review if you enjoy. Welcome to the first episode of Listen Up Startups. I'm your host, Ashley Collins, and I'm humbled to have you here with me today. I have to admit that I had planned for a very different first episode, but after hearing the news in the evening of September 8th and observing the reactions, the emotions that poured into every media outlet in the days that followed, I felt called to witness the humanity of Queen Elizabeth II's leadership legacy. My intention with this piece is not to bore you with academia or cast judgment on her, but rather to learn from the profound and emotional reaction to her life and death. Over the last few weeks, I have sat with documentaries, old photographs, historical articles, books, really anything I could get my hands on to better understand the human behind the protocol, the duty, the role of Queen of the United Kingdom and other Commonwealth realms. I don't believe in coincidences, so I wasn't surprised that this call to witness overlapped with the time I had been spending with the Tao Te Ching. Now, admittedly, this is where I worry that academia may creep in, so I'm going to give it a good effort to keep this as light as I can. The Tao Te Ching is an ancient, we're talking thousands, around 400 BC years old Chinese spiritual work credited to Lao Tzu. It predates the Old Testament, is the second most distributed book behind the Bible, and for all of my Star Wars fans out there, I firmly believe the genesis for the Mandalorian's catchphrase, this is the way. To keep it easy, and because I am legitimately obsessed with Star Wars, I will refer to it as the way from here on out. The Way is composed of 81 verses, and in immersing myself in Queen Elizabeth II's journey, I realized that her leadership legacy has valuable lessons in each, and I wasn't going to be able to fit all of this into one episode. But I felt called to start with number 38, living within your own nature, and so we'll spend our time there today. This verse has been translated to, a truly good man is not aware of his goodness and is therefore good. A foolish man tries to be good and is therefore not good. A master does nothing, and yet he leaves nothing undone. An ordinary man is always doing things, and yet many more are left to be done. The highest virtue is to act without a sense of self. The highest kindness is to give without condition. The highest justice is to see without preference. When the way is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is morality. When morality is lost, there is ritual. Ritual is the husk of true faith, the beginning of chaos. The great master follows his own nature and not the trappings of life. It is said he stays with the fruit and not the fluff. He stays with the firm and not the flimsy. He stays with the true and not the false. What this verse says to me is that we do the most good when we're not trying, but being. 
when we aren't labeling with good or bad, identifying ourselves or others as good or bad, or toiling away at holding tradition, rules, protocols, processes, or rituals. When we don't get caught up in cultural or societal expectations and instead have the courage to act without self-interest for the sheer sake of good. And this speaks so loudly to me when reflecting on the life of the queen. Now, I will probably land myself in some hot water for speaking about a queen so plainly, but here's the story of the queen that runs in my head and why it relates to this particular verse of the way. At the tender age of 21, Elizabeth publicly committed her life to the service of the people of the United Kingdom with the now famous quote, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. As she spoke these words, she had no way of knowing that she would be queen only four years later, when she was only 25. And after her much-beloved father died at the age of 56, he was a heavy smoker, and this led to many health complications, including needing to have the lung removed. Only 11 years before this famous speech, and at the age of 10, her father reluctantly took up the mantle of king because her uncle was forced to hand over the job for having the audacity to fall in love with him wanting to marry a twice-divorced American gal. Divorce wasn't exactly sanctioned by the Church of England, and we'll just ignore the little fact that the Church of England was only established so that Henry VIII could get rid of his first unwanted wife, at least for now. When Parliament put the ultimatum out, no one expected the king to abdicate. They thought for sure he would give up Wallace Simpson and the matter would be done. Could you imagine getting that call? You're 10 years old, you've led a sheltered life, homeschooled by your mother, with the blissful expectation that you will be an English country wife. And then bam, you're second in line to the throne, with no warning, and your tranquil family life is turned upside down. Responsibility looms everywhere. Now, you may be asking yourself what this has to do with the way and living within your own nature. The, but the act of upholding ritual, protocol, laws, and tradition created chaos in the queen's life. And I feel fortified her ability to live within her true nature and in service of others. And this ability will be tested, public, tested publicly very early in her reign. For all my crown watchers out there, you'll likely have seen the drama of the Queen's denial of her sister Margaret's marriage to Peter Townsend. But history tells a very different story from the television show. Private letters and official archives show that despite facing off against Winston Churchill, a formidable character and imperialist conservative, and considerable opposition from a conservative parliament, the young queen and her allies were able to devise a plan and overturn artificial principles to prioritize the princess's happiness. But this wasn't just about the princess. This meant an evolution in the stance on divorce for the entire institution. It was ultimately Princess Margaret and Peter Townsend who decided not to proceed with the union in the end. And despite their decision, the law and act was overturned. I have to admit that until I conducted research for this podcast, I had fully subscribed to the story that Queen Elizabeth had blocked her sister's happiness and denied the marriage. I shared that story as an example of what not to do many times. I can actually find no record of the queen speaking publicly to dispel the rumors that she denied the marriage or defended herself. That's a lack of self-interest, and this is the way. I'm genuinely excited to continue my research on the queen, layering the verses of the way over her journey and extracting her examples. For now, I'm humbled by how routinely she lived within her true nature and rejected artificial principles imposed by ego-driven government policy and individuals, and all while staying immune to hatred and blame in service of the global community. This is the way. So I ask you, can you lead the way? If so, I have a challenge for you. Today, I want you to practice rejecting artificial principles. 
What policies, rules, or KPIs are present to serve your ego, uphold tradition, or because you thought they should be that you can dismantle in service of your cause or your people? This is the way. If you accept this challenge, I invite you to share your lead the way stories on your favorite social platform using hashtag lead the way and hashtag living within your own nature. If you enjoyed today's leadership legacy piece, please review and subscribe and feel free to follow Humane Startup on your social platform of choice. Until next time.